Welcome to Memphis Metropolis on WYXR 91.7 FM. I'm your host, Emily Trenum. Memphis Metropolis is all about our city as an urban place, including its neighborhoods, buildings, pathways, and parks, as well as the people who shape it. Join us each week as community leaders and commentators talk with me about our shared built environment. The Orpheum Theater Group presents the new On Stage at the Halloran Center season, which kicks off this August. Experience a diverse array of live entertainment with music, magic, and more, including the return of the popular orchestra Unplugged and Songwriter Series events. For more information and to view the full lineup, visit orpheum-memphis.com slash onstage. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Memphis Metropolis on WYXR 91.7 FM. I'm Emily Trenum, the Memphis Metropolis host. And this show, we're talking all about public parks and green spaces. And my guest is Jamal Body, who is the executive director of a local organization called Bloom. So welcome to Memphis Metropolis. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So Jamal, um, Bloom's been around for a while, but I feel like a little bit like it's operating a little bit under the radar. I don't think a lot of people necessarily know about Bloom um, and what it is and what it does. So just let's start off by just you telling me about Bloom. Um, the, I always say the elevator speech. What is Bloom? <laughs> so uh, Bloom is a parks advocacy nonprofit that helps support neighborhood citizens while they support their parks, their neighborhood parks. I like to say that our parks department does a great job, but they can't be everywhere at every at all times. And so what better people know what their parks need, their neighborhood parks need than the people who visit it every day. And so Bloom uh, basically equips and educates them with the tools to help to help their park grow, whether there's some programming, whether that's, um, you know, helping them come up with a cleaning schedule or anything like that. And so we really focus on creating those parks friends groups, those basically park support groups of neighborhood citizens and making sure that they know um, everything they need, make sure they have everything they need to have to help their park grow and be better. Okay. Well, I've got a bunch of follow-up questions about Bloom, but before we get to those, um, tell me a little bit about yourself. How did you get to Bloom, get interested in parks? What's your, what's your journey? What's that been like? So I'll start, I'll start here and then go backwards, I guess. So I, uh, I was a board member of Bloom for two years before I became the executive director. Um, and how I came on the board is I got a job. I became the Hyde Fellow in Community Engagement for the Memphis River Parks Partnership. Okay. I was with the partnership for two years, no, two and a half years, really, uh, right in the kind of beginning of the partnership's vision, a new, a new downtown in Tom Lee Park and River Garden. So I was doing community engagement for that park system, uh, you know, which included Tom Lee Park, River Garden, Greenbelt, Mud Island, MLK Park as well. Um, and so that's really kind of got me on my that really got me interested more in parks um, and even before the river parks, I was working with the Memphis Grizzlies in their community engagement department. And my job with the Grizzlies was a youth initiatives coordinator. And one of my initiatives was to renovate uh, outdoor basketball courts throughout the city. And okay. so we did two. I think I did in my time there, we did three basketball courts, Charles Powell and Westwood 
the precinct courts, the courts right by on Mount Moriah near the police precinct in Halley Stadium. And we did Chandler Park, um, courts at Chandler Park in the Soulsville area. And, and, that's, the, and that's the part that's next to Gaston Community Center? No, not that one. This one is next to Cummings Elementary. Okay. So Chandler is next to Cummings Elementary and right down the street from Soulsville Academy. Okay. I remember when that project happened because I've done some work with the works over the years and I think they were a partner on that. Yeah. And so we, um, and so working on Chandler and kind of being in the neighbor in the Soulsville neighborhood a lot and being at Chandler Park a lot, I got to learn about how different neighborhoods look at their parks. And since most of these basketball courts were in parks or near community centers and got to be a got really well versed in dealing with some dealing with the community and having engagement with the community. And so that's really how I started my journey here. And, and even before that, to go back, I um, I worked in the library system for a few years in the 211 call center. And, you know, 211 call centers when uh, it's a, basically a database of city run of, of organizations in the city that handle different things. People will call and say, hey, I need rent assistance. I can't pay my rent this month. Is there somebody that can help me? So we will go through the list and try to connect them with someone that can help. Hey, I, I don't have any food. I know my kids are out of school for this week and I need some more food. What can we do? Uh, we will go through the list of food pantries in the city and say, well, you know, on this day, this church is having a food pantry. You should probably go over there and pick you up some food. Um, so that's part of my history in like being in the community and learning and caring more about the community and seeing all the things that Memphians have to offer for other Memphians. Well, you must have, that must have been a real learning opportunity because I'm sure you, I mean, I feel like I've got a pretty good handle on the resources and I probably know, you know, 5% of all of what's available. I mean, part of that is because I'm a privileged person, but still there's so many, like you said, there's so much in Memphis um, out there. It really opened my eyes to the different services not just that the city government provides, but also organizations, churches, businesses offer for the city of Memphis and for Memphians. It's, it was actually uh, pretty good to see, you know, like Memphis as a city. You, I think we all know the predicament that a lot of our people are in. Uh, but to know that there are people out there trying to help and want people to be as great as they can is, is, is an awesome thing. So, um, so that's interesting because it's, um, and weren't you like a, a sports coach too? I think I looked at your, at your LinkedIn profile just to get to know a little more about you. I'm just interested in the journeys people, like I had a long corporate career Mm -hmm. before I got into community development. It's just very interesting to me. Um, sometimes people are very planned and then sometimes people just kind of do something and then they get interested in something else. And then, and they end up at a completely different place than where they started, but it makes perfect sense. I can guarantee you, I didn't expect to be the executive director of a parks advocacy nonprofit. I can tell you that. But, uh, yeah, so I started, I was a basketball manager. Um, so I was a, a manager, water boy, whatever vernacular you want to use. Uh, in high school for White Station High School here in Memphis. And I got a managing scholarship to go to the University of Arizona. And so I went to the University of Arizona as a student manager for the men's basketball team. Graduated from University of Arizona and I decided I still, I wanted to work in basketball. Sports has been my life, so I wanted to work in basketball. So uh, work in sports, collegiate athletics more specifically. So I took an internship 
in Fresno State within their athletic department, their athletic ticket office. And that was a year internship, learned a lot, lived in Fresno um, for a year and learned a lot about that side of athletic athletics, you know. And um, after my year at Fresno, I became the assistant director of basketball operations for the University of Southern California in Los Angeles. Okay, that sounds like a fun job. It was fun. It was fun. It got me back to being around college basketball, which I had been around for four years at Arizona. And I was working with some friends of mine who happened to be coaches at USC who were managers and things at Arizona as well. So it was kind of a reunion with that. Um, So in that position, it was a lot of organization, a lot of admin work, um, you know, flights, hotels, meals, practice times, equipment orders, things like that. But I was around basketball back in the game on the on the sideline every game sitting on the bench you know so that was back that was fun and we did that for two years and then we got fired because <laughs> uh, we, we weren't winning enough and so we got fired and I was at a crossroads I was like do I come back to Memphis or do I go back to Tucson where I spent a lot where I graduated college from I had and I remember having a phone call with my dad because I didn't really know what I wanted to do like I was kind of burnt out on college basketball and I had a phone call with my dad and he was like, bro, just come come back home. Like, you got a lot of connections here in Memphis. You know, you just come like come back home. We'll find something, and then you can go from there. And he was right. I came back home, and I started coaching, um, being assistant coach at White Station uh, under Jesus Patino, who's still the coach there now. So I coached. I was a freshman coach, JV coach, and an assistant varsity coach at White Station for a couple years. And then I got on with the library system. Uh, I wanted to be, I knew I wanted to work in the community. And so I was trying to be, and I want to be working in the community and work around sports. And so I tried to get on as a community center director, but I could never, I never got it. And so a friend of mine's mom worked in the city and she said, we'll just put you in the, if you get in the city's system, it's easy to kind of move you around. And so that's, um, that's how I got on with the library and there we, here we are. So are you still involved with basketball in some level, like as a volunteer or anything like that? Yeah, I still I still have, I still help out at White Station. OK. Uh, OK, well, that's super interesting. Um, so so circling back to Bloom. So um, what I'm remembering when Bloom was established was that. Um, it was modeled after some similar organizations in other cities. Can you elaborate on that a little bit? Because it seems like it was a model that's worked well in some other places. Yes. Um, a few years ago, well, we're in 2022, so maybe six years ago, 2016, 2017, uh, a few people from the High Foundation, Innovate Memphis, and a couple other organizations got together and tried to figure out what a parks advocacy group would look like. And they use a couple of different cities as models. Philadelphia has a good model. D.C., Baltimore, a great model. Park Pride in Atlanta, another model that they kind of mirrored this organization around. And even uh, through through my own research, when I was a board, when I first became a board member of Bloom, to look at some of the things that those different organizations in those cities were doing, the relationships that the group would have with the city government and sometimes state government was something that we talked to was something that was worked on um, exactly how exactly how you can help the citizens of the neighborhood or things that you talked about the different the different kind of theories and um, the different the different ways you can help like the different things you offer 
to them were all kind of meshed together through a couple of different cities. And I, like I said, I know that Philly, Baltimore, Atlanta, and were ones that they looked at a lot. So maybe I'm understanding what you said earlier, but essentially the idea is, you know, that every park should have, um, you know, buy-in involvement from neighbors who use the park. And um, and we have a lot of parks, not enough resources to go around, but also all those parks need engagement and they need input. And so the idea is that to support those groups that exist, um, groups that already exist around park, but also to, you know, feed and water, seed, feed, water, new groups at other yeah. parks. Is that right? Basically, that's a great way to put it. I'm going to borrow that for my elevator pitch. Okay. Uh, that's 25 cents. Ah, uh, okay. okay. <laughs> well, I'm charging for that. So, um, so what are the, I know a couple, so we, we've got the conservancies, which is a whole different, I'm mean, not a whole different model, but those are more robust, like Overton Park, Shelby Farms, where there's actually nonprofits that raise money. And we're not really talking about them so much, but, um, but I know there are some, I, I guess my question is what, park friend groups currently exist. I know about HUG in North Memphis. I think they adopted three parks, but there's, are there others? There are a few others already. Um, you know, you got Geisman. Geisman has a group. And so the way I explain Bloom to some of these groups that have been established already is that, you know, we're not, we're not trying to change what you do on a day to day. We just like to add, we're just here for more resources to offer you more resources, whether that's our relationship with city government, whether that's our relationship with the Hyde Foundation, our relationship with other funders and get money and things like that. Uh, Hug is Hug is under our umbrella. Um, and kind of the same thing, Joanne Street. I think everybody that works in parks in Memphis knows Joanne's. Name. And remind me what the parks are. Isn't Hug an Hollywood, acronym? Hollywood University and Gooch. Okay. So Hollywood Park, University Park and Gooch Park. Uh, and that's basically what I told Joanne. Like, I don't, you do a wonderful job. Joanne does a wonderful job in her neighborhood with those parks. She has a great following there. She sure we does. Just, we just want to amplify what she does and help her and be a resource to her. So I think, I think they have a um, they have a mural unveiling coming up in, in July. And, you know, I'm like, well, what do you need from us? Well, we can I'll provide I'll provide the DJ. I'll provide snacks. I'll provide this because I just want to be able to take some of this stuff off your plate. And um, I mean, and I've been in this position for a year almost, a little under a year. It's a year, July 17th. Um, and we formed three different Parks Friends groups already. So we have okay. the four. Go ahead. Uh, we have the Friends of Audubon Park. Uh, we have the Midtown Parks Friend Group, which is uh, a, collect a collection of representatives from Peabody Park, Spanish America War Park, Glenview Park, and Williamson Park. Okay, then, I didn't know about that. And then we have, um, and then Glenview has a separate one. And we just started working with, we just brought in the Coliseum Coalition under our umbrella as well. And so uh, with those groups, especially the, the Ottoman group was our first group. We spent the most, I spent the most time with them. Um, in the normal station neighborhood. And so we kind of went to the normal station CDC and said, hey, there's a member who wants to kind of create this Sparks Friends group. You know, 
Uh, could you send some people over so we can start introducing what exactly Park Friends Parks Friends Group do and how they can support the park and how we can support them? And so we kind of got we got them off the ground. And then from there, like I said we went into the midtown area. I wanted to kind of hit every part of the town uh, in the first year um, because that's how we get kind of get the name out there. Uh, Ottoman Park is obviously going through some uh, construction with the Lichterman Tennis Center. Um, so we don't have access to a lot of the park, but they do. Suzanne Schoen is a, is a president over there. She does a great job and she's out in the park every day and they have a good relationship with the city uh, government as well. So those are the park groups that we have on our umbrella. We created the Friends of Ottoman Park and the Midtown Parks and uh, Glenview. And then um, the other ones we kind of just brought in under our umbrella, the Coliseum Coalition, HUG. And I we haven't talked to Geisman yet, but Chris Collier, I've met with Chris Collier a few times. A lot of people in the parks know him. Yeah, um, Chris is amazing. He's an amazing yeah. advocate. Yeah, in the, in the other group over there. So it's been, it's been good. So I don't want to get too, you know, far off track, but, you know, one of the things that happened, of course, is there's informal activity. And mentioning Chris Collier reminds me of the people in Mitchell Heights who um, there's a group in Mitchell Heights that actually, you know, created their own little neighborhood green space. And um, those aren't city parks. Those are green spaces that they fixed up and acquired. And um, is there a long-term, is there an opportunity to work with people like that, even if they're not affiliated with a, a formal park? Yeah. Uh, I, and under, I think the way I the way I want to say it is I don't want to turn away or not be able to help anybody that wants to do something for their parks or green space. So whether it's um, some people, I was telling my board this the other day, like some people are just cool with just being the person for their park. They don't want to have a friends group. They don't want to do all this, go through all of that. They just want to be, I support my park, so I'm going to do it. If they come and say, hey, I need some help with X, Y, and Z, we're going to help them. Why not? You're doing it with the park. And it's kind of the same thing with these other groups. If you're out, if you're doing something that can benefit your community in a green space, Bloom is here to help you. In whichever you can. I'm so happy to hear that because I do feel like if it's if the tent is big um, and there's just so much creative activity around if the tent is big and there's room for everybody i think it just encourages more activity of that kind whether it's like i said a formal park that's part of the memphis park system or not so if you're just joining us you're listening to memphis metropolis on wyxr 91.7 fm and i'm talking to jamal body who is executive director of bloom a local nonprofit that supports park friends groups so Jamal, what's the, um, I guess your your background in community engagement, what's really come in handy in terms of starting these new, these new groups? Yes, it does. Um, being a, a lot of things play into that, you know, being a native Memphian and knowing a lot of people <laughs> um, and having some work, having worked in community engagement for the last five or six years has given me all the tools that I need to kind of go into some of these communities, into some of these neighborhoods and kind of feel them out and see exactly what they need. The one thing it is, I mean, I think neighborhoods and people, they if they know you're genuine and you want to help, they're there for you. And that's one of the, that's probably the biggest thing that I learned. I mean, like 
I worked for some big names, right? So if I go into a community with Grizzly stuff, people are going to listen because I work for the Grizzlies. But they're going to listen. But if we don't do what I said we were going to do, they're not going to care anymore. So just like being super genuine, being transparent and meeting people where they are were some great things I learned and helps me every day in my community engagement walk. Well, and one of the things that's happening, and I'm I'm sure I'm not telling you anything you don't already know, is that you really join Bloom at a time of great transition in the parks and investment, you know, for a long time, you know, a lot of parks, especially in the low and moderate income neighborhoods were just not well maintained, not well utilized. People didn't feel safe. And there's a big, a huge investment in parks happening right now. I had the trash cans are overflowing. Can we get another trash can? Let's raise some money to tell the city, you know, the city has specific trash cans you have to do, but you know there's a process you have to go through. But that's where we come in with that as well. Uh, we can help friends groups navigate those type of processes to do that. Friends group also help you know do take a hand in programming the park. You know, block parties, um, movies, uh, suggesting the movies in the park to that to the city. Uh, so all things like that. Though that's kind of the main difference between uh, an adopter and a friends group. Yeah, well, the events, I mean, you mentioned the um, the ribbon cutting for the mural that Hug is doing, but also there's, you know, Neighbor Night Out and mm-hmm. there's all kinds of, um, there's all kinds of ways that I think friends groups could activate parks for sure. And so what about the, um, you know, what are your other partnership, sort of more formal local partnerships in addition to the parks division? I'm thinking about you know, sort of in the greenscape base arena, but also you, um, you know, there's so many other organizations that, you know, that parks and green spaces, the use of it impacts, you know, there's the health and wellness arena, probably transportation community development. I realize you're just a one man show at the moment, right? So you don't have time to be a million of, be Mm -hmm. a member of a million different coalitions, but it seems like there's other, um, overlap that you could leverage ultimately for your work? We, uh, there are, like I said, I'm a one-man shop, one-man band. I, I use Bloom. When I talk about Bloom, I say I and we <laughs> interchangeably. Right. Uh, but uh, Bloom is a part of a group called Reimagining the Civic Commons. It's here in Memphis. And um, in, the, in the Memphis cohort of Reimagining the Civic Commons is the River Parks Partnership, Bloom, um, Casa Library and the Library System, Overton Park. I think Shelby Farms Park was part of it. Um, the Heights, Heights and Heights Line. Yep. Um, Innovate Memphis. They're the ones who convene us. And so Reimagining Civic Commons is, is a group, just what it sounds like, reimagining how can these groups come together and reimagine some of these public places. And it's, all, it's a national organization. Memphis is one of the cities you have. Um, cohorts in Miami, Minnesota, California, um, Akron, Ohio, and Detroit, and uh, some other cities like that, uh, Macon, Georgia, where we all get together. It's a big learning network as well. So you learn what works in some of these other cities and what maybe can work in your city. Uh, in terms of more local partnerships outside of what we do with the city parks department, uh, not many other ones. Uh, that really come to mind right now. Like I've been spending this first year 
laying the foundation, you know, getting us kind of on, on good, solid ground. And ideally, hopefully, I'll be able to reach out to some of these other groups. Like you said, all of this stuff impacts the other things. Um, all of the green space, you having positive and vibrant green spaces impacts a lot of different ways, impacts a lot of different aspects of, of the city. So that's 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 on the agenda as well. Is um, sort of circling back to something we talked about a couple of minutes ago. So is the model, um, and maybe this is depends on the size of the park, but you've got a couple friends groups that have multiple parks under there. There's Hug, and then you talked about the Midtown group. With, with there being so many parks, is that the sort of ideal model, or does it depend kind of on the size of the park? It depends on the size of the park and the amount of support. So like Joanne and Hug, she has, like I said, she, she's been doing it for years. She's had a relationship with city parks and stuff for years. We're just kind of there to amplify and be a resource to her. So she has her group. With the Midtown Parks, we kind of tried to do everything individually, but with the parks being so close together, it almost didn't make sense. It didn't make sense to, for everyone to have their kind of own. Um, well, some of them are so, I mean, Williamson Park is great, but it's tiny, relatively right. speaking. And so... So we, we said, you know what, let's try to put together a model where you have representatives from every park um, kind of come in. on So when they're monthly meetings, because every group is required to have a monthly meeting um, on their monthly meetings, they'll come in. Well, this is what's happening at Glenview. This is what's happening at Peabody. This is what happened in Spanish America. This is what happened in Williamson or, you know, in Spanish America. Like, well, I have we have this project coming up and we really need everybody's support. So we have the support of four different parks in that group to help Spanish American War Park, you know. And so that's how that's kind of what we decided decided as I've been playing with different models of friends groups to see not which one works the best, but which one can be most effective for certain parks. Like, you know, you got the Friends of Ottawa Park, which is just a citizen led group. And then you got the Midtown group with those four parks that um, is how the leader so I think I think it's Arc I think it's Arc Inc. I forget what company that's right there by Peabody Park. They it is. Are, Ar- it, it is. I think it is. Ar- no, Inc. it's not. No, it's it's Archimania. 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 That's it. Archimania is the uh, they're that park adopter. Okay. And so they kind of spearheaded getting the Midtown Group started, and so we brought everything else. So now you're looking at a model where you have a, a business that is the the pre, like the the overall leader of that, and then you know even with Renaissance of Steel with the works uh, slash MPI, that's their own park. But we know that they have a lot of people within their footprint that visit that park. So that's a private park, but they they want a friends group as well, or we're, we're talking about getting them a friends group. Well, that's interesting because in addition to that little, I talked about the Mitchell Heights folks, but also there are some parks. There's another one in Binghamton called Crenshaw Park mm-hmm. that I think the CDC maintained, the, the, the Bingham Development Corporation maintains. And there are these other sort of privately owned green spaces, some of which have signs that say, you know, park, and you yeah. don't necessarily know. And um, and when, when I had Nick Walker on, we were just talking about how many um, – how many parks there are. And I was, I was just using an example of a park in uh, on American way that I happen to drive by a lot. 
in Parkway Village. And I was asking about it. And he said, well, that's not really one of our parks. I said, well, there's a big sign on it. This is <laughs> City of Memphis, <laughs> American Way Park. That may not be. So that, so there's all these different little, right. um, these different little iterations, which is very interesting. So, but, but sort of that actually, I have another question related to that. So is it, um, do you feel like the challenges are different in areas that are, you know, we have parts of our city that are basically, you know, very suburban and um, of course, you know, Midtown and even North Memphis has some density, but some of these areas like that Parkway Village neighborhood, for example, I mean, that's just, a, that's just a big sprawling area. Some of these don't have a lot of residents. Are there, are there, you know, greater challenges with trying to organize um, in a place where people might not even know they have a park a half a mile away. Uh, yeah, there are. Um, and so one of the one of the things that we do is we rely on the community members. So if we want community members to um, come to us, to okay. come, come to us and say, I live a block away from this park. I think more could be done. I would like to become an adopter through City Beautiful and then a fringe group through Bloom. Um, so we, but there are challenges with that because it could, sometimes it could just be that one person. Right. Like I said, you don't want, I don't, I don't want to put everything on that one person in terms of a friends group. Like, so it might be best for you, for that one person to stay an adopter and then through City Beautiful have a relationship with, with Bloom and we can say, okay, well, we know you've been, you've adopted this park. You've been doing the things you need to do for a couple, for a year or so. Um, we can we can kind of help you with something. We can still bring you under the umbrella, but we won't have to. You won't have to be a official parks friends group because you're already an official adopter. But it sounds like you're you're looking for the for the energy to bubble up from the community instead of sort of being top down. Yeah, yeah. I don't I don't I don't never want to go into somebody's community and tell them what they need. Right. I don't want to I don't want to walk into and say y'all got this nice park out here and nobody's using it. You should go use it. You know. I would I would I would like for someone to say, hey, as a community, we realize that we have this underutilized park. We know you guys specialize in activating and, pr- and promote promoting and supporting these parks. How can you help us? That's, that's more what I would like. OK, Jamal, well, I guess last question. What's your, you know, looking sort of five years in the future? What's your bigger vision is it to you know have grant funds to give to groups, or is it to have you know programming that can be deployed across multiple? Is it a certain number of parks friends groups? Like, what's your you know once there's more people besides you and you've got some infrastructure, what would a, a mature bloom look like? Well, it's 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 kind of what you just said. Like those um, I I mentioned it before, and I'll mention it again. I can't overstate the job that uh, Nick Walker and his team is doing with City Parks. And they've stepped up their game a lot to where there's a lot of things that we do that overlap, especially on the community engagement side. Um, and so with, their, with them stepping their programming up through all of their parks, you know, we don't have to do as much programming or create as much programming. Um, but I would love to be a place where a, a group uh, either under our umbrella or, you know, another support group say, we need some money to do a, a block party. Can you can you help us out? A church might say, hey, we need some money to do a church picnic or whatever. Can you, you know, can you help us? I would love to be able to give out some grant funding to a bunch of these different groups. Um, One of the ideas is to have, I have a programming, 
I have a programming, uh, what does I call it? Like programming bag where, you know what? I want to, this Saturday, I want to have a sports day in my park. Well, you know, come rent, come rent the sports bag from us. We got footballs, basketballs. Cones. That's a great idea. So like a, one of those, you know, tool classes where you right. check out the tools. Exactly. You know, rent, rent, rent that from us, rent a, rent a park or whatever uh, from us. Uh, so growing, growing that as well. And, you know, programming and one of the things I like to do, like you, there needs to be some incentives for having Bloom, having you under the Bloom umbrella. So like maybe we'll do a, a mem pop giveaway at your park. So maybe at Peabody Park one day, I'll have free mem pops for a couple hours just because, you know, as much as we want to help people, obviously, we still want to give people an incentive to join, uh, join Bloom as well. So. That's that in the in the in the sense. I don't think there's a number of friends group that friends groups that we are trying to get to. We just want to see our parks and green spaces activated and looking nice and having people out there and doing the thing and people having fun and families coming together um, and using the green spaces in their neighborhood. I mean, it's, the, it's a perfect place for the neighborhood to come together, a perfect place for the community to get together and do some things to kind of open up the community. And so we're trying to do that and play whatever part that we can in making that happen. So how, if people want to get involved, either they need help with their park or they want to make a large donation to help this work, which of course we encourage, um, how can people get in touch with you? I'll put, I'll put the website and stuff in the show notes for people who listen as a podcast, but why don't you just list off the best ways to contact you for radio listeners? Well, for radio listeners, your best way is to email me at Jamal, J-A-M-A-L, at bloom901.org. If you go to our website, bloom901.org, there is a contact, you know, contact bloom section, that email, that that stuff goes straight to me. um, And it shows you, it's not a lot of information on it now. It gives you more background of what we do, but it doesn't have a list of the parks. I would actually say. Um, if you're interested in becoming a parks, you know, parks friends group or park adopter, reach out to me or uh, Memphis City Beautiful. The city parks new website is amazing. They have links to all the parks and kind of even if you want to become a friends group, they'll link it back to us. Um, but if you have any questions, questions, concerns, you know, want to see something in your park, shoot me an email um, J-A-M-A-L at bloom901.org and I'll get back to you. We'll, we can see what we can do and, and see how we can make it work. Plus, um, if people use social media, the, the parks division is really doing an amazing job with social media now on Facebook and Instagram. They're constantly pushing out, you know, events at parks or great photography, like aerial photos of parks and just really been impressed by how creative and how you know aggressive that is it's just really so so i encourage people to follow on uh, the parks division on social media if you're not already if you're interested in parks what's happening around the community parks wise because there's just so much energy right now around parks and i'm so happy you're part of it I'm happy to be a part of it. Like I said, like if you would have asked me five years ago when I was with the Grizzlies, would I be running? <laughs> Do I see myself running a parks advocacy nonprofit? I would have told you no, but I'm very happy I'm in this position. I learned a lot on the board before I took this position. And um, the goal is just to keep moving Bloom forward, um, moving Bloom forward in the best way that we can to help the citizens who want to support their parks. And for people that want to support us, 
like you said, with donations or things like that. Same deal. Uh, there was a spot on the website, I think, for that. Uh, we disabled it for a little bit uh, as we were getting off the ground. Um, so, But if you would like to donate anything, just once again, shoot me an email, jamal at bloom901.org, and we can have lunch or I can go out and I can talk to you about some different, you know, different things. That's also part of the ED's job as well, you know, raising money. So I got to go. Of course. Of course. Well, that's so great. So you've been listening to Memphis Metropolis, WYXR 91.7 FM. And I've been talking to to Jamal Body, who is executive director of Bloom, which is a local parks advocacy organization. So Jamal, thank you so much for coming on the show. No, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Memphis Listening Lab proudly supports WYXR. They provide a curated collection of music and music history, a forum for music-related talks and performances, and a music education, appreciation, and experimentation space located in Crosstown Concourse. The lab is open Tuesday through Saturdays from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. You can find out more information on their Instagram page at Memphis Listening Lab or on their website at memphislisteninglab.org. been listening to Memphis Metropolis on WYXR 91.7 FM. I'm Emily Trenum. Memphis Metropolis airs every Monday at 1, so please tune in again next week. You can listen to past programs on our program page at wyxr.org or on memphismetropolis.com. You can also follow us and send feedback on social media. Now, stay tuned for Memphis Undercover with Nancy.